Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Careful making wishes in a dark, dark, can't be sure when it hit that mark and the sides in the mean, mean time. I'm just dreaming of telling you what That is hammered out to deep left field. Forget about it. Big fly from Mike Trout and the Angels have tied this one up and won. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh. The Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. Yo, what is up? It is your boy Johnny Mag. Back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I'm joined, as always, with... Dan Garcia. And we are here live from San Manuel Stadium, home of the Inland Empire 66ers. Yes. A affiliate of your Los Angeles Angels. So, And yeah. we must have really good timing, because we were planning to this probably like last week. Like, hey, let's do it Friday, because mm-hmm. I have you know an event to do here with my wife that we were talking about last week. Right. And it just happened to come out yesterday, Thursday. Oh, Justin Upton is going to be here rehabbing today, so that's great. I mean, right. it would have been awesome. We could be like, "Yeah, we knew this was going to happen," and and, and we're, uh, we're in the loop. We yeah, exactly. But we had that was just stupid luck because you know years past Thursdays have been the day. So if we would have done it yesterday. We would have been, you know, out of luck on that one. Yeah. So yeah, we're here for for that, and uh, we plan like just like we planned it. But yeah, exactly. Wink, wink. Before we get going, I'd like to take a second to introduce our newest friends from SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of uh, sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite favorite game, concert, or show, and rates them on a scale one to t- or zero to ten to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot makes great deals. Yellow dot means good deals, and red dot means not so good deals. So use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive twenty dollars off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? Promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek Life's an event. We have the tickets. Yeah, so all right. Well, let's get into like we normally do. Oh, all right. Let's let's start this by saying that uh, there is no curator today. Um, He's like, he's kind of like Sasquatch. Like, if you see him, great. Take advantage of it because you don't know. If if you'll see him again or when or anything like that, it, it, he's uh, he's a comet flying through the sky. Yeah, we got an email from somebody talking about the curator, and I started laughing because I'm like, ah, uh, he returning quick. So quickly little do left. you know, yeah. So yeah, let's get going in the week in review. Daniel, you take it away this week, man. Yeah. So obviously, we did this uh, podcast last uh, Friday, so we'll start there um, against Seattle. At Seattle, it's a um, three to four loss. Skaggs was on the mound. Um, you know, I guess the bright side of this was that he went seven innings, you know, bad. He gave up four runs, which, you know, obviously that's what Seattle needed to win. Um, but at least with that, you know, glass, glass half full kind of thing, he did go seven innings, which, you know, as this season goes on, the bullpen has just, you know, been stretched, stretched, stretched. So anytime he can get seven innings, you know, and, and, and four, four runs isn't terrible. No, it's not uh, to me, seven innings, four runs, you know what, I, you would hope that your offense could kind of pick you up or at least, at least right. keep your mm-hmm. team in the game. Mm-hmm. And that's what you ask for from a quality start. To me, I know I think quality start says like six innings and three runs, but seven and four, you had to tack on one to each of those. I'm okay with that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, like I said, going to like a bigger point, um, the way that this offense has been clicking, you think you think that would have been enough. And the way this, this bullpen has been really used, you were happy that he could um, – get through that much and, and, and still be able to, um, you know, help the team just spare some, some innings pitched by that bullpen. It's, so. Especially when lately when Skag starts, you look at his pitch count and you're like, this guy's not going to get past the fifth inning. So for him to get into the seventh inning and, and, and pitch seven innings, I'll take it, you know. And, you know, unless he 
if a guy's going to give up a bunch of runs, he's not going to pitch seven innings. So that's why I'm I'm okay with the four runs through the seven. No, you're absolutely right. I guess, and another highlight of the game was Otani and Trout going back to back in the six. Um, those were pretty much your your highlights. You know, again, um, Seattle has been super struggling, so you would hope that they would be able to take advantage of it. But um, you know, not so lucky. But the good news is they played the next day. Yeah, and they played the Mariners. Again. They played the Mariners the next two games after that. So that is some good news. So we go now to uh, June first. You know, again, still up in Seattle. Um, this is the Saturday game, 6-3. Angels come away with the victory. Um, you know, close game. Um, Trout homers, Albert homers. Um, you know, Haney was on the mound. He went six innings pitched, um, three earned runs, five hits. Uh, I think a good number, too, is look at it. Remember, this is his second start of the year. His pitch count got up to 92. So well, he had he, 10 strikeouts. In 10 the strikeouts, yeah. So, yeah. so this stat by, by yourself is going to have a high pitch count. But you can see the Angels kind of stretching him out more and more and more. And then, again. Something you definitely like to see. Exactly. Yeah. And, and what we said before, he's going to be a crucial part. Him, Skaggs, and, and it looks like right now with, with – um, uh, canning they're going to be like the main three guys yeah. it looks like uh, that are pretty solid so um the fact that they're stretching him out right. stretching canning out and we'll get to that in a bit it's great but um you know again a 6-3 um led by cole calhoun's home run in the eighth to take the lead the payoff high fly ball right center field Haniger watching and this is gone for a home run the 12th this year for cole calhoun it comes with two outs in the top of the eighth, and he has given the Angels the lead. So, yeah, you hear it right there. It gives them the lead. Um, gives them that, that, that lead that never, they won't give up, and then your buddy, the Undertaker, comes in for the save. Rest in peace. So, again, <laughs> a great uh, great win by the Angels there in Seattle. Again, you, you like to take advantage of bad teams like Seattle, so um, – Fast forward now to the Sunday game where it just seemed like, well, first, I guess the highlight of the game coming into it was going to be, um, you know, Jose Suarez's uh, major league debut, much touted prospect by the Angels, the second um, highest ranked pitcher in the organization behind um, Griffin Canning. So uh, that was the big news coming out of it. And then when we were recording last week, that's when they announced that he was going to be the Sunday starter. So um, five and two thirds. Uh, three earned runs, five hits, 88 pitches. And what did you think about it? I thought he did really great. He had some poise on the mound. He had a presence on the mound. To me, he didn't seem too nervous. You know, and, and, and maybe he was. But just watching the game on TV, he looked like he, he belonged up there, which is great. You know, you don't see nerves from a guy. He went out and attacked guys. I like the way he used his changeup. Um, I thought he had a really good start. Of course, he's not going to go, you know, Osmus wasn't going to let him throw the ball, uh, you know, 100 pitches or anything like that. I expected somewhere between the 85-90 pitch mark, which is kind of where he was at. And he gave the team a chance to win. He kept his team in there. And there was some spots in there where he got in trouble and he pitched out of it. I, I Again, I like the way he uses his changeup. He pitches low in the zone. Um, he had a little presence out there. And I, I posted on there, to me, physically, he looks like a little baby Bartolo. Baby Bartolo. There you go. And if he turns out to be a, a Cy Young down the road, then that would be – uh, perfect for the Angels, but yeah, Angels had a huge seventh inning or se- uh, second inning with seven runs, and that all started off by Brian Goodwin. Runners don't go three-two, little flare to left center field. That'll fall in for a base hit, and the Angels are going to take a one-nothing lead. And that was the first run of the inning, and then the dam broke. That's, I mean, that's the best way to put it. Seven in the second, five in the fifth, another one in the sixth. It, it, it seemed like it was an overall this team. Um, team win there and Albert five RBI game looking like Albert of old yeah when he gets going he gets going and that's something that I like to see you know like Albert can go on a little stretch where he'll have like a week where he drives in like about 12 runs in that week and that's how he you know people you know give him crap for not living up to the contract or whatever which yeah you know when we signed him we expected Albert from from St. Louis but you know you look at his stat line and it's like the dude is averaging about 85 to 90 runs batted in a year. And for a while, the first few years with the Angels, it was about 100 uh, runs batted in a year and 30 home runs. So, you know, you look at that stat line and you're like, oh, well, he's he's not bad. It's just, I think, those hot streaks that get him going, you know? Yeah, it's great to see him. And it seems now that getting more and more rest is doing really great for him because he's not playing every day. You have Walsh that's a capable backup for first base that is able to, um, you know, um, uh, 
eat up some innings, which is great. So um, rested Albert is a good Albert. Um, and another, I guess, milestone of the game, uh, Luis Renjifo, first career home run. Smashed And it was smashed a it. bomb. And it was, it was one of the, you know, it was high, far, and deep. It was a really great home run. I guess that's one way to get your um, um, uh, first mm. major league home run. So, again, um, 13-3 was the final score. Uh, and another fun part of it, you got to see Walsh on the mound. Yeah. As a, I don't, I mean, position player, I guess, but this is not something uncommon because, you know, spring training he was a pitcher. They were using him in, in, as both in, in the minor league. So it was cool to see him out there in a blowout um, for the Angels instead of the other way the other around. Way around. Yeah. Exactly. And it's cool because you get to see him you get to see him pitch, which you usually don't. And like we had mentioned it, he's only gonna pitch when the game's out of out of hand, out of control. And but I like I like his stuff. Like it's not bad. Like ninety, upper nine like lower nineties on the fastball and change yeah. a little twelve to six action on a curveball that hits yeah. about seventy five to eighty. Wasn't bad. Didn't give up any runs, so no. I'm down with it. Nope. Zero runs, zero hits, two walks, and a strikeout for Walsh's line that day. So, again, um, great. Another series. Angels win another series. So, that's that's awesome. Um, now, the real traveling begins because after that game, they Ooh, had to head all the way up to Chicago. And after that game, they had to go all the way back to Anaheim. But we'll... I feel like we should, we should skip Chicago, but Ugh. we can't. Um, again, like sure. I said... Are you sure? Yeah. So they play Chicago at Chicago, the Cubs, a makeup game for April 14th where it got um, postponed due to rain. And so mutual off day. And now you have the Angels playing, you know, like a month, almost a month uh, straight. Um, you had an opener this game. You had Cam. Uh, he goes one inning, zero hits, two uh, two strikeouts, was exactly what you want as an opener. I, I kind of feel like Cam's almost found a spot because he seems to do really good in that opening opening slot. I don't know if, if it's a mental thing where it's like game starts, I have to go now and I can't think about like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I don't know him. So I don't know if it's one of those things where you sit in the bullpen and you sit about and think about it, and think <laughs> about it. Or it's like, okay, you're an opener. Boom. You're out and you're done before you know it. So I, I mean, it just seems like he has kind of found a little bit of a spot like that. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, I think you're right with the whole not having to have to worry about when you're going to come into the game, not seeing the action in front of you not worrying about the guy on second and third. You know, the stuff like that. You come in fresh. No one's batted yet. You get your pitches in, get it done. You know, maybe hopefully I would like to see them say, all right, he's going to open. He's going to go two innings so the person behind him can get ready later. You know what I'm saying? That way, because that way you're able to extend extend a guy like Cam who can give you two innings, you know? Yeah, good point on that. So yeah. maybe that's something that we that can the Angels can see get developed or something like that around, you know, as the season goes on. But I definitely like him in that yeah, little niche kind of uh, spot. Yeah. Um, so after Cam, you have Cahill coming in. Not a great outing, I guess, a typical Cahill. It's, and that's sad to say, but it seems like a typical Cahill outing. Um, a really good, you know, second, second and third inning. So his first two innings out were really good. And then, um, you know, the, the sixth inning just seems like it just came undone for the Angels. Um, you know, five runs in the sixth. You know, it just seemed like once the once the it, it hit a hit a leak, it just kept on coming and coming. Um, you know, again, like I said, the the five runs in the sixth inning. Um, then you, later on, you have an opportunity. With the bases loaded and and you know uh, Luke Roy up up the base up the bat and um, Carlos Gonzalez just picked up off the waiver wire, yeah. you know was doing great by Colorado doesn't get a contract it's a minor league deal I think from the Indians Even, yeah and and then he gets DFA'd released and then Chicago picks him up and two days later he's making this great catch where. You know, if he gets over his head, it, it, that scores three easy. Yeah, it, it changed the complexity. Of, but the fact that he made, that yeah. But yeah. the fact that he made that catch, now you only you're only can sack five to one, and yeah, and, and I yeah, feel like been that five to three for sure. Yeah, and then yeah. now you got a little more, and I think the momentum part would be best. Oh, yeah. You get that okay now. Now it's starting to go our way, and but the very next inning, you know, it imploded. Yeah, I mean, then they gave up two right after. Yeah. So I mean, that's the eight runs. But like I said, you know, Chicago seems to be. You know, kind of finding their stride, and and I remember when we when they first played them earlier in the year, the great thing was like, oh, we're gonna skip Lester. Lester pitched like two days before, so I you do. knew like, all right, cool. But Lester came out and 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 is, is their top pitcher for a reason. He went seven innings, only gave one run, so um, a tough, tough win uh, loss for the Angels that day. And then kind of like what we were saying, gets on a jet again, 
and flies back home, you know, to Anaheim the next day to face the A's. Um, you know, I guess boy wonder Griffin Canning takes the mound. Yeah. Um, six innings, seven hits, four earned runs, eight strikeouts. Um, so not his best outing as an angel, you know, the four runs. But, again, his strikeouts are high. Um, and 102 pitches. So he did finally get over that um, 100 uh, pitch plateau, I guess you want to yeah. say, which is good. Yeah, that's, you know, I think gradually they'll say, you know, I think the most you'll see would be probably around the 110, 115 mark. And I think that's with any pitcher, not just yeah. Griffin. I think that's with any pitcher regardless of been around. I mean, unless you're a Verlander type. And or you, you're, or a, you're pitching a no-hitter. And right, you, you yeah. Know. And you can kind of call your own right. surgery. You can call your right. own. But if it's a regular pitcher, regardless if he's been around for, you know, 10 years or 10 months, I think you know that hundred two, hundred ten is kind of the, the the norm if they get that if they get to that 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 plateau. Yeah, Canning just to see him get, and he's a guy who can definitely. Um, I feel like his mechanics are on point. He's real. He's got a real precise motion, so you know his mechanics are good. So that's a guy you like to see get into that hundred. And the same thing like we were talking about Heaney, for him to be like two, three starts in and already throwing ninety some pitches, he'll be at around that hundred and hundred and ten pitch mark soon, and and that's a good sign because. You know, whether they go six or five, if they're able to, you know, go to that hundred something pitch mark and, and, and be effective, then we'll take the, the five, six innings any time of the week, especially if you don't get hurt. You know, that's that's a big deal, you know, and I think that's why they're gradually getting these guys up there in pitch count. Like, it's not just get in there, throw 100 pitches and, and then you're done. No, let's let's. Oh, he's at 90. Let's take him out now. Oh, he's at 95. Let's take him out now. You know, next game, 100. OK, let's take him out now. So. Good progression. Yeah, definitely good progression. And, and, you know, obviously the results this last week isn't what you would want as an Angel no. fan. But the fact that you see Canning out there, Suarez out there, Skaggs and, and, and Haney out there, you know, kind of a mixed bag from those four. But the fact that they're out there and they're able to stay healthy and, and it seems like progress, which I, as, as an Angel fan, you want to see that progression because we've said it before a number of times. This isn't the year. I mean, it's not. if they make the playoffs on the wild card, Great, that's overachieving at this point with all the injuries, the Upton injuries, the Simmons injuries, you know, Trout missing for a little bit. They're going to be overachieving. But yeah. I think the biggest thing right now is that you want to see that um, that progression. And I think you're definitely seeing it with Canning. Um, Suarez, we got to see when his next um, outings are going to be. But um, Haney's getting healthy, which is definitely something you want to see. So def- I think things are going in the right direction. No doubt. It's, it's, it's going to be a season of – you take those many victories where you can get them. I don't, I'm not saying the Angels are terrible because they're not, but they're not. I've, I've said from the beginning they weren't a team to me. They wasn't going to make the playoffs, so I'm not going to be upset at you know them being a 500 team or a hovering 500 team because I think that's what they are. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's that game. Again, a loss to the A's. Not ideal for the Angels and, and what they wanted coming back home. But, like, we kind of talked during the game. We are texting back and forth. It, I feel like it was, like, between the Chicago game and this game, it was like, let's get the game kind of over and not get anyone hurt because of the travel. Like we said, mm-hmm. Sunday you know, evening, you're flying out of um, you know, Seattle. Seattle and then landing in Chicago. Chicago. You're playing a game less than 24 hours from that, and then you're on a plane. And then, again – you know, twenty probably twenty seven, twenty eight hours from your last plane ride, you're back on and going. You know, these aren't you know easy Houston to to Anaheim or yeah. Anaheim to Oakland. These are far travels. So, um, you know, and all the excitement of Wednesday now the fifth, um, a game that was, I don't know how much of it you saw, but it got bananas and it got bananas late. I didn't watch the first few. I just remember going, oh God, we're losing, and then. Then all of a sudden, they're like, are you watching? I'm like, nah, I just got home. What's up? And then, holy, yeah. It was like 7 to 5. And I'm like, whoa, what happened? It was, yeah, okay. So, again, we got Cam in that opening spot for Pena. Cam goes zero hits, two Ks. Again, I love that spot from Ward because he seems to be performing really, really well. Less thinking, just get out there and go. Um, Pena, on the other hand, that he opened for the, I guess, the bolt guy, you want to say. Not so lucky. Um you know, they said it in, during the telecast. It seemed like his slider was not working. He wasn't able to throw for strikes, so he had to rely more on his fastball. Yeah. Pena, so, Pena definitely is a guy who needs that slider to, to break. And if you catch too much of the plate with that thing and you hang it, anybody, you catch too much, especially a team like the Ace, you can hit the ball. 
uh, it's gonna it's gonna turn on you quickly, and obviously it did. And I can't say that that's what happened because I didn't watch the first few innings. But looking at the stat line, I'm sure he caught too much of the plate with a lot of those pitches. Yeah, and it was just you know four and four in the second, and then three in the third, and that was it. He only lasted an inning and two thirds, giving up seven earned runs on eight hits. Um, so you're you're in the mid, you're making the transition now from you know the top of the third to the bottom of the third, and you're already down six runs. It's one to seven. Um, it has Angel fans were kind of saying like, oh, here we go again. Right. You know, we were on such a streak, we're on such a streak, and now look. So um, this game took forever, and I think these <laughs> the second, third, and fourth innings are probably the mo- the main reasons why. But luckily, in the bottom of the third, they score four runs and the f- uh, set off by this. Breaking ball out to deep left field. Grossman going back. Gone. Big fly for Mike Trout. Two-run shot. It's 7-3 Oakland. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. And that's Trout getting a home run in the uh, bottom of the third to now make it more you know, okay, well, maybe if we get a couple of things bounce our way, this can actually happen. That's kind of where I felt the momentum started swinging when you score four runs in the bottom of the third. Um, you know, the top of the fourth, you know, kind of a credit to the bullpen after the whole pain thing um, kind of exploded on him. They went six in the third and only gave two run runs, which if that's a um, – if that's a regular pitcher that gives you that stat line, six in the third with two earned runs, you'll take that every time. So the fact they were able to get that from their bullpen after Pena's kind of collapse um, definitely kept the Angels in this. Yeah, you when you know when there's games like that where somebody lets you down, you need someone to pick it up, you know, and and that's just exactly what the day of the bullpen. I'm very impressed with Noe Ramirez what he's been able to do the last not just in that game but in the last couple of games where he's came in and he's. Been a quality guy out of the bullpen. Last year, the Angels were going to him early. Social was going to him early, and he was succeeding. And it wasn't towards the end of the year where his arm just kind of be getting put out there a lot. But I think this year with the arms that the Angels have in the bullpen, I think they've kind of like limited his work. Now that they're, they've put him in, he's actually came in and done a great job. I don't know what you think about Noe Ramirez, but I thought he's been doing great lately. Yeah, Noe's been one of those guys that when he has the appropriate amount of rest, he's great. You know, and it kind of shows, too, when he has his rest and he can eat up, you know, more than one inning. Like in this game, he goes two and a third. Perfect. Um, so, again, he holds that top of the fourth. And then the bottom of the fourth, again, Angel's still trailing. Um, Otani comes up to the plate with a tie, with a chance to take the lead. That's out to center field. Chasing Ramon Laureano back. Still going back. Track. Wall. Go! Big fly. Otani shot. Halo's on top. 8-7. And just like that, yeah. the Angels take the lead from going from being down one, you know, uh, seven to one to now you're up eight, eight seven, eight, seven in what two innings, less than yeah. two innings. Yeah. Um, talk about a swing of momentum. Yeah, and that's just what they needed in the lineup. A guy like Otani batting behind Mike Trout earlier in the season, you wouldn't have a guy like Otani behind Trout. Um, you'd have a guy maybe you know in a good win or somebody like that who's not used to that third fourth hole, but. The Angels were down eight to or seven to five going into that at bat for Otani. Otani hits the three run shot, and just like that, like Dan said, we're up eight seven, and that's that's the the the, the bat that Otani possesses. That is the 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 quality hitter that you have in the lineup when Otani's in there. Yeah, it, it, kind of what we were talking about. Let's wait till this team gets healthy, and you start having that protection now with Upton. On, seemingly on his way back. Now that gives you even an extra layer of protection. Whether they move. Otani down one and put Upton behind Trout or keep Otani there and put Upton behind Otani. Um, either way you, they do it, it's going to add more depth and more, oh, yeah. um, you know, danger into that lineup that the Angels oh, yeah. need consistently. It's there. And Simba. Let's not forget Simba. Right. And he's he's working his way back. We'll yeah. get to that uh, in a bit. But, um, you know, it, it, it stayed that way all the way to the top of the eighth where the A scored two. Um, you know, so... You, they, one of them is on like a wild pitch, tag yeah. at the plate, got overturned. So that turned the um, A's game up, are up one now, eight to nine. And then this kind of series of events in the eighth kind of was kind of interesting. Trout comes up um, first and second, and they walk him automatically, which, okay, cool. And now the whole protection thing pops up like, okay, well, this is what Otani's for. And they walk him. <laughs> they walk him. So it's like, all right, you, you're in a. If you're going to walk the bases loaded, you better have a pitcher you feel confident in and, right. and 
producing, and I'm not saying they didn't have confidence in it, but that's a lot of pressure to put on a pitcher regardless of who it is and how long he's been around. Yeah, and, and but that shows you that Mike Trout is a whole different beast because who in the right mind wants to pitch to a guy like Otani? That's dangerous as Otani. Well, it's because I don't want to pitch to a guy. Right, and, and, and Otani actually, as of you know, probably his last week, week and a half, he's finding his stride. He yeah. seems to be more consistent. Yeah. He, he seems to get enough bats now underneath his belt to where he's kind of out of yeah, the spring training mode. And, and that happened last year. Remember last year, all through spring training, he was terrible. And, and everyone was like, well, this guy's not much of a hitter. And then look what ended up happening. It was right around maybe the first, second week of April after he had plenty of at-bats in, in spring training and plenty of at-bats during the middle of the season. Yeah, about the second, third week in April, he started going off as a hitter, and uh, and he didn't look back last year. So I think, like you said, the swings that he's getting in, the position that he's in, it's only helping him. And, and like you mentioned earlier, I can't wait till the Angels get back to these guys and their two through six is, is very formidable. Yeah, so that tied the game. Now you're going to the bottom of the ninth when this happened. Delivers. High fly ball that's lifted into left field. Grossman is going back. That ball's carrying. Grossman going back. Can't make the catch. The ball drops in on the warning track, and that's going to be a walk-off RBI double, and the Angels win the game. Yeah, that was a walk-off. I would call it a should have been maybe just a fly ball that they were playing them shallow, and the ball just kept carrying and carrying and bounced over the wall. Angels win walk-off. We'll take it any way we can get it. Yeah, because Brian Goodwin still second. Forces the infield in, and now he gets burned. So, hey, when when you need a win, you'll take it any way you can. Um, going to the next game last night, June 6th, you know, all, that, that good luck, I guess, kind of ran out a little bit going, uh, losing 4-7. to seven. Skaggs on the mound, again, struggled to find his location. It seemed like walked four batters, struck out four, uh, five earned runs off of six runs. Overall, it seemed like a very bad um, defensive game for the Angels. He got three errors, Calhoun. Renhifo and Goodwin not exactly um, a not exactly a, a mixture you need for a um, for for a game if you want to pull one out. Yeah, it's one of those games where it just I don't know. Uh, you can you almost tell when Skaggs isn't on. You know he's missing up with the pitches. His curveball's not dropping. He missed a few there. You could tell his motion on the mound. You almost it's a feel thing for Skaggs, and it's a. It, Pretty much for every pitcher, your location, location, location. When he's not locating that breaking ball, it's it's deep trouble for him. Yeah, and and it kind of just it seems like once he starts going down that path, it, it kind of snowballs on him. Um, so hopefully he can start figuring stuff out because he is, like I said, he's probably gonna be that fourth pitcher if if Haney, Suarez, Griffin, you know, Skaggs can be a really good fourth, really good third if he can get stuff going on. So, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, again, like I said, Trout home run, that's great, but the three errors really came up, I think, costly to the Angels from Calhoun, Renhifo, and, and Goodwin, you know, guys you normally don't expect that kind of stuff to happen to. Um, so we are going to take a commercial real quick, and we'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Summer is the best time of the year. We're taking a vacation, the beach, lots of sun, and of course sports. While you're sipping on your favorite beverage by the pool, why not get a little action on the game? Whether you like MLB, MMA, golf, or anything else, MyBookie is the place to bet. Their mobile site is easy to use and allows you to make bets from anywhere. No hustle, no waiting in lines, no need to get off the couch. Now, 
is the perfect time to replenish your bank account after that vacation to make sure you've got plenty of bankroll coming this football season. Maybe you want to drop a future bet on next year's NBA, NBA champion or back your favorite player to win the or bet on your uh, favorite player to win the Heisman Trophy. My bookie wants you to have as much fun as possible this summer, and that's what's more fun than winning money and watching sports. Just visit mybookie.ag today to get started, then try your luck to outsmart the odd makers. Uh, but wait, if you deposit with the promo code ANGELS today, MyBookie will give you 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code ANGELS. At MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. All right, so we'll get to news now. That's all over with. I guess the biggest news we could talk about is, um, like we kind of mentioned before, we're here for Justin Upton's rehab start. So that kind of shows he's on his way back to the to the Angels, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean – we, I mean, that injury was such so freaky, and it seemed like he wasn't going to miss that much time. And then it turned into, dude, it's June, middle, getting to the middle of June, and, and he's just now getting back. So um, I guess you can say right time, I guess. You know, whenever you can add a guy that can hit 30 home runs and drive in 100 RBIs in the middle of your lineup, you'll take him whenever you can get him. But, um, again, that's just adding another uh, not just – stats to the lineup but a presence to lineup that makes opposing pitchers and makes opposing teams say "Ooh, you got to watch out for the angels two three four five six hitters yeah exactly so um so you got upton playing tonight and and san Bernardino. so we'll see how that goes if he if he comes back for maybe another couple days if he goes up to salt lake um and speaking of salt lake uh, Matt Harvey is going to make a rehab start there this weekend and what do you think with all the young talent, what do you think their move is going to be if, if if he's healthy, if he comes back? That's a tough question because you got so many guys that the Angels can turn to. I even think the Tropiano start when he came in and filled in um, wasn't bad. And that's, a, that's a, a guy down there in the minors that you can go to. You got Suarez that you can go to. Obviously, you know, J.C. Ramirez is working his way back. So, I mean, I don't know. You you pay a guy, Matt Harvey, like $12 million a year, you, you're probably going to expect them to kind of roll him out there. But at what point do you say, all right, he's not producing this needs to end? Yeah, at what point do you cut bait, especially if, you know, if they do bring up Suarez, say, next week, and he does have another good outing. Um, Canning, I think, has made it – you can't send him down. You can't afford to send no, your, best, your best pitcher down. So do they do something with a Cahill, swap him for Cahill kind of deal? And I don't know if they go, quote, unquote, oh, his back is tight. And then, you know what I mean? Something where they kind of manipulate the the, yeah, the IL a little get bit. Get some rest. Right. Clear and, his and, mind. and then let Harvey try to see if he can come back and do it. If not, then, he, you know, then you're really going to make a situation. But I think Canning is a lock. Haney's a lock. Um, Skag. Skag's a lock. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see – when Harvey is healthy and when he can come and... Or do they cut the opener spot with Pena? Or do they come back, they cut Pena yeah. and come back with, did you know, put... Cam being the opener, Harvey coming in after? Right, and then maybe they want Pena in the bullpen. Maybe they make that move. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of things you can do, so it's, it's a kind of a wait and see. And then you have J.C. Ramirez, um, We you know, we were talking about it last week on the podcast. He made a triple-A uh, start and during the week. Again, um, mixed results. He lasted longer than he did with with uh, Inland Empire. You know, at, with Inland Empire, he only went uh, one and I think one and two thirds. Thirds. This outing, he went into the uh, I believe into the fourth inning, gave up three. Um, so he's on his way back too. So there's a lot of depth, and I think more so now than ever that it's not just about the 25 man roster. It's going to be about the 40 man roster. Right. So any more depth you can get there is going to be great. Um, there was some video, or not video, but photos of Simba on his way back. Very, very light field work it looked like. It looked like everything was kind of um, straight ahead. Um, field, no side-to-side side No side-to-side side movements. Like um, even when he was throwing to first, it wasn't like, let me drive my let me drive off my back foot and, and gun it in there. It was more like, let me just kind of soft toss it into first. Let me just make sure my arms 
okay. Um, but the fact that he's out of a boot and kind of walking around, it, 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 it looks good for the Angels that way. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it shows that he's on his way back, and maybe the initial timetable wasn't is, was longer than you know it, what's actually going to be. Yeah, you know, it's just scary. And they were talking about how it's, the swelling significantly is reduced, and that's a good sign. But, again, you don't want to pressure him back. You don't want him kind of doing too much before he's ready. So until that thing is completely not swollen and there's probably not as much pain and he'll start doing probably like some kind of rehab starts or, you know, doing like immediate I know, (laughs) that'd be great. But, you know, light work, uh, you know, fielding, just kind of, you know, stretching it out. Who knows? Uh, Again, you don't want him going out there and diving and being Simba. You know, at seventy percent, right? You, 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 Fletcher and Renifo, I, I think, have done a good enough job to where they can maintain that yeah. that in that inner uh, defense. Um, the double plays though look so different. They oh, don't. For they, sure. they, they. I mean, everything kind of looks slow motion, especially. I mean, the transition is good, but whether it's Fletcher going to Fletcher going to uh, first or, or Renifo, it just you could tell well, it's not simple. The one symbol. thing to me is it's um you know the the turn the double fake combination there it's like max effort. And with Simba, it, it looks look like max it effort. Could, yeah, but say it could be max effort. It could very yeah, easily yeah, be max, but it doesn't, but, but like it doesn't it. look like max effort. Yeah. yeah, and then too, there's been a couple of plays where in the weekend I think it was where pop fly in 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 the infield. Simba's usually the guy that calls it. Hey, I got, or he just takes. I got it, and he makes a play. Now you have kind of two rookies in the middle. You have Albert mobility's limited, and then Listella on the other end. That's kind of you know not the most graceful, I guess, at third base. Um, so that kind of stuff, that leadership inside that diamond is definitely missed right now. So, you know, that's the news. That is um, really all we had. There's nothing too much no. else to report. Um, but, again, uh, I think last time we already said that Joe Adele got sent up to, tri- uh, to double-A, so he seems to be on his way back to normal. Um, so we're going to be joined in a moment by one of our friends here at Inland Empire. We're going to talk to you about the All-Star Game coming to the Inland Empire and who, if you haven't heard, is going to be their guest for the um, for the day. And was, you might have a shot to get a signed ball or signed you know, memorabilia picture by him. So we'll, we'll be right back. We are here with 66ers uh, Anna Forslund. Uh the All-Star Game, big thing coming to San Manuel State, and what can fans, first of all, when is it, and what can the fans expect throughout the whole day? Well, it's June 18th, so in a little less than two weeks, it's coming up. Um, it's going to be here, of course, at San Manuel Stadium, and it's really going to be a day full of entertainment. Um, it's going to start at 3.30 with our Fan Fest, and at our Fan Fest, we're going to have happy hour prices, so you can come out, have a couple drinks. We're also going to have live music. We're going to have... Um, different games for fans to play and we're also going to have autographs with our Cal League All-Stars starting at four o'clock they'll be out on uh, the first and third bases uh, doing some autographs for about an hour and then from there we're going to go into the home run derby which will start around 5 five thirty. and of course we're going to have our Cal League home run hitters that are participating but we also are throwing in a twist we are uh, inviting some of our local little league home run champions to face off against each other in the home run derby as nice. well. So they'll each be paired up with one of the Cal League All-Stars and will be gunning for a championship as well. So we'll have two rounds, the final round obviously being the championship round, and whoever wins is actually going to get a championship belt. So <laughs> nice, there you go. We're pretty excited about that. That's really cool. Yeah, and we also have a special prize for the, the little leaguer that wins. We have somebody who donated um, a specialty-made glove. With our 66er players and some um, specialty made wow. batting gloves. That's so, that's something that's really cool for the kids. But that's not the only uh, special thing going on. Who is the special guest to be here and also sign autographs? Uh, we actually have invited out Raleigh Fingers, um, past Cal League All Star, and he is actually being inducted this year. So we invited him to come out. We're having um, him that is going to be signing some autographs. From about 6 to 6.45. And then he's also going to throw out a first pitch during the actual All-Star game. Um, so It better then- be a strike. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying. Hopefully it's a strike. But that, that's, that's 
awesome. And then kind of his background is that, like you said, he's from the Cal League. I, I believe he played up in Modesto. Yes. Modesto. Yes, he played for the, at that time, Modest, the Modesto, Modesto Reds. Yeah. So that's that's awesome that he's coming out here. Um, you know, and that's and you think that's it. You got the All-Star game, the home run derby. You got Raleigh Fingers. But for the first, I don't know the exact number, what else do they get? Um, so the first 2,000 fans that come through our gates this uh, for the All-Star game is going to get a special Ken Griffey Jr. All-Star bobblehead. He'll be decked out in his spirit jersey. Um, he's holding his uh, home run bat trophy. Uh, so it, it'll be really awesome. So like I said, the first 2,000 fans in through the stadium will get that. That's awesome for the fans to get. Um, what do you suggest as far as time when to start showing up to to the gate? And, and you know, kids are now out of school. Kids are now, you know, on, on, on summer break. It's a great opportunity to get, like you said, see the, the team. The, the Both All-Stars are going to be here in person, and you can walk up to them, talk to them for a second, get an autograph. I think it would be great for kids. What time should they get here? Are you expecting long lines, quick and early kind of deal? depends because obviously it is during the week and it is fairly early in the day so I don't think it's going to be as busy as our normal giveaway Saturday would be just because people will be in work but I think that if you show up at 3 30 when gates are uh, open if you can show up that early it's really going to be worth it because it's going to be a day of non-stop entertainment and it's also going to be just a really good way to showcase our community because we are going to have people from all over California here, people from out of state here to come see our all-star game. So it, it'll it really be a great, great community day for us. Any, and then I'm guessing, too, you being the voice of the 66ers between innings, you guys are still doing the whole promotions between innings. Do you have any other special twists with those that you can maybe not give us but kind of hint at right now? Um, well, as far as in-game stuff, we're going to – we're going to stick to some of our fan favorites that we have. Tradition. Yeah, traditional <laughs> things that we have going on. Uh, we might have a couple of all-star game um, twists here and there, but we do have post-game fireworks. So oh, another nice. reason to come out. If you awesome. have seen awesome. our uh, 4th of July fireworks show, it's going to be something very similar. So best fireworks nice. in the IE. So it's very really cool. going to be a great day. Sounds like a lot of fun. I want to thank you for just jumping on for a quick second and, and you know, Get out here, see the game, see the All-Star game. Um, it doesn't come around San Bernardino every year, so when it's here, you definitely got to take advantage of it and, and come out and, and watch a game. So, go ahead. So, yeah, so, like, we do every week, uh, we do a poll question, and, and this is Daniel's uh, thing, man, so Daniel, take it away. Yeah, so every week, uh, I put up a poll question on our Twitter, Halo underscore Haven. Um, you know, I try to make it kind of topical, if I can. So obviously this week with the draft going on, I think what, what better place to um, what to talk about on the poll is the, the draft. So as a fan, I wanted to, I wanted to know exactly what you guys thought and what you guys did for uh, the draft. So I asked how much how, how do you follow the draft? Is it every pick, only Angels picks, only the first few rounds, or you know not at all? Um, I, I I'll say this: the winner was only Angels picks, which makes sense. I'd usually do the first you know, couple rounds because they're on TV and mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, I like drafts in general. I mean, obviously with the baseball draft, it's kind of harder because you don't exactly know who a lot of these players are. But, um, if you start following some of the, um, great pipeline kind of email, um, Twitter accounts and, and, um, blogs, you kind of get a better idea of who these guys are, but only angels, uh, picks was 59%. Second place was the first few rounds. That's 18. That's where I voted. Um, 16 was every pick, and if you follow every pick, God bless you, because that's a whole lot of draft going on. Um, and seven said seven percent said not at all. Where'd you Where'd you go on this? Well, this year, and uh, I did every pick up until until my guys got drafted. Um, obviously, I, I'm I want to see all the angels get drafted, but I had a vested interest, and I want to give a shout out to Ramona High School's own Dean Miller, who got drafted. On the by the by the uh, Boston Red Sox in the twenty fourth round, the seven hundred thirty seventh overall pick. Shout out out of RCC in uh, two thousand sixteen and seventeen, and then UC Riverside two thousand eighteen through two thousand nineteen. This kid is the most humble kid you would ever meet. He played all four years with my son on varsity at Ramona High School. Um, put in hard work. He was the best player on on Ramona's team as a as I think his junior and senior is definitely and. Uh, Great hitter, great arm in the outfield. Uh, 
Dean Miller, guys. Remember that name. Too bad it was with the Red Sox, but you know what? Um, very proud of the kid putting in the hard work. And a kid from Riverside, born and raised in Riverside, went to college in Riverside, and drafted out of you know drafted out of UC Riverside. So shout out to Dean Miller. But yeah, other than that, if it was like next year, or the year before, I really wasn't. Right, right. I mean, you know, it, it's cool to see some of these guys get picked up. You know, a lot of them are high school guys. So we'll talk about now, um, kind of where, kind of where the Angels What's that went. Pitcher's last name? Yeah, <laughs> the third round pick, uh, Jack Jack K. What up, Jack K. K man, K man, hopefully throwing up a bunch of K's. Yes. Um, but yeah, so the Angels had the fifteenth pick in the first round of the MLB draft, and this is what happened. The fifteenth selection of the twenty nineteen MLB draft. The Los Angeles Angels select Will Wilson, a shortstop from North Carolina State University. I love this guy. I think he's really, really going to hit. Um, they think that he's a guy that's going to move to second base, be an everyday big league second baseman. Uh, talked to an organization that said the same thing. They think he moves over. Um, even though they like his glove, they like his hands, does things pretty smooth, feel like that's a better position. But... Uh, uh, NC State coach Elliot Aitman feels like this guy's the best fastball hitter he's ever had. Um, thinks that their team couldn't win without him. He's a finalist for the uh, Brooks Walls Award. It airs from 18 to 6. See this guy in the big leagues in a hurry. He really did. Okay. Uh, Casey, thank you. So there it is. Um, what do you think? How do you feel about going? Uh, he, like he, he, he shorts up, but some people are saying that he might transition to a second baseman. Uh, Angels came out right away and said, we like him at shortstop. We're going to keep him there for now. So what do you think about um, shortstop, college shortstop in the first round? Well, here's the thing with me, with any draft, whether it be the MLB draft, uh, high, uh, basketball draft, football draft, you have a pick. You pick the best available player at that time. And, you know, I think the Angels did a great job at picking. Uh, I was looking at the stats on Will Wilson. He's a, he's a legit uh, threat in the line in the lineup in college. He's a legit guy. As far as shortstop, people were like, "Well, what about Simba?" Blah blah blah. He's not going to make an impact on the Angels for another at least three years, two three right. years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. At that point, is Simba going to resign? Simba will be 33, 34 years old. It happens eventually. Like with Ibar, he was thirty three when the Angels yep. traded him away, and then Simba came in at twenty seven, twenty eight years old. So, this these things happen, and to pick up a guy that high in the draft, a, a player that good high in the draft, just happens to play shortstop. Why not? And like like we're hearing. He could maybe transition a second, probably even third. If you play short, you could probably play third. Those positions, second, short, and third, kind of intermingle with each other. Switch them out. You be, a, you know. And, and if he learns more, anywhere. and if he learns more than one position, yeah, that's great because yeah, it's great because of the fact that now you ha- he can fit in wherever. You don't know what your roster is going to look like in three or four years right. when when you know. Well, he's a high school guy, so he might you know kind of excel through the uh, minor league maybe a little quicker than maybe a high school kid so right. you know three years what's the what's the major league roster gonna look like we don't know you know the angels don't know um you know but you expect him to come in have a high floor which is the angels wanted then you know grow from there uh, great obviously like they said a good a good college bat um and you have to add depth i mean like we said before the it's not just about the 25 man roster now now teams are the good teams have good quality 40 man rosters mm-hmm. and if he's a 40 man roster guy that can come in especially when he's younger and come in for someone that's hurt and you not lose a lose a step lose a beat that's that's great that's what we that's what the angels are going to need so um will wilson angels number one a first round draft pick in the year 2019 so now, going from there, I was able to catch up with last year's third-round pick, Aaron Hernandez, who is now with a pitcher with the uh, Empire 66ers. I caught up with him, and we talked a little bit, so here's that. I'm here with Angel's uh, third-round pick from last year, Aaron Hernandez. How you doing? Good. How about yourself? Good. Um, around this time last year, you know, this is when you get picked. Um, take me back to that time when you were, you know, waiting for the call and that, how that day went. You know, I was actually just talking about it with my mom. My mom reminded me, I think, yesterday. She texted me saying it's been a year already, and I was like, wow, it really has been a year. Uh, but it was fun. I remember being just like the week before, just uh, – Knowing it was right around the corner, something I've been work, working my whole life for, and then it was, and it just came, and it was a feeling I couldn't describe, and it was probably the best feeling I've ever, I've ever felt, baseball-wise. 
So it's a good day for me, a good day for my, my family as well, friends, everybody that supported me along the way. I mean, it was fun. It was awesome. Did you have an idea going into it what round or where about you would be picked, or was it just all kind of let it happen? Uh, they, I mean, they tell you, like, where they think you're going to go. and But, I mean, you don't know until you get the phone call and until it's set in stone. But, I mean, um, whether it was day one or last day or whatever, I was just happy to get the opportunity to play at the next level. Now, playing in college at Corpus Christi, uh, Texas A&M, um, and now your first year in the big leagues now, what's the biggest difference you think between, you know, high high college ball and then, you know, obviously the, the uh, high A? I think it's just um, – I think it's just the, the level of competition, you know, like everybody out here can can do a lot of good things in the baseball field. Not saying that people couldn't do that in college, but um, I mean, everybody's fighting to get to the same place, you know, so level of competition is a little higher. Um, and like I said, a lot of people can do a lot of different things in the baseball field. So it's it's a definitely a different level of competition, uh, but not not to, to bash it on competition I faced in high school because it was good. Um, but I guess just consistency would be the thing. Um, everybody's a little bit more consistent out here. Uh, so I'd say probably that's the biggest thing. What's the biggest thing you've worked on probably since since draft day to now, you think? Uh, just being able to command all the pitches inside the zone. Uh, had a little bit of a problem with that in college, but I uh, feel like I've, I've made a better stride towards it this year and just adjusting to everything, you know. So um, I, think I've, I think I've done that pretty well just so far. Now, you know, obviously being in the minor leagues, you know, the, the bus rides are kind of what everyone knows, the long bus rides. What do you do to keep yourself uh, entertained, I guess, on, on those rides? Um, well, I'm used to it. In, in college, we, we bust everywhere. So driving from Corpus to Louisiana or Corpus to Norman, Oklahoma, stuff like that. So, I've, I mean, we flew maybe one t- yeah, one time my three years in, at Corpus. So, um, and we still had to drive to an air- two hours to an airport. Just uh, But... Uh, I'm used to it. Uh, just listen to music, um, watch YouTube, maybe maybe watch a movie, um, anything like that along those lines. Music of choice? Uh, anything Future, uh, anything Drake, um, Migos. I listen to country. Uh, it just depends on how I'm feeling that day. What about off day? You're in a hotel and you're trying to pass time. Same thing, music or you guys you binge watch binge no, watch no, shows uh, or? No, I a uh, bunch of Fortnite is played. Uh, that's a big thing in this yeah, locker room. I, yeah. I, the more and more people I'm talking to, I, I guess this is a young guys thing, but yeah. it's a more uh, I hear it everywhere. Every person I ask. Yeah, we get after it. So a couple of us guys will get on and we'll play as squads or whatnot, or I'll play with some friends back home. Um, play that or play will be the show. Um, basketball, Madden. Um, or I'll get out if I need a haircut. I'll go do that. Just I don't know. Just relax and just getting away from baseball. You know. Xbox or PS4? Uh, I got both. Oh, okay. uh, but I <laughs> I am more of a PS4 guy. I left my Xbox at home. Uh, PS4. I've been playing that since the, the first PlayStation. So um, Sony for sure. Now, one way I noticed you out in the, in the outfield and myself, too, I uh, noticed your tattoos. What's your first one, and, and is there any kind of meaning behind it? My first one was on my wrist. It was, um, it's a Bible scripture. Um, there's a lot of meaning behind it, um, but that was my first one, and then now I got them all over my body. So, What's the most recent one? The most recent one, um, my hand. I got a hand. I got a little rose in my hand, so uh, that one was probably top three most painful I've gotten. I was going to ask, because yeah. I know some friends that got in that said the same thing. That's that's real painful. What, so you just mentioned it. How would you rank, I guess, areas of tattoo-wise pain? I'd say the most painful one is the inside of the arm. Uh, really tender in there. Um, and I got a lot of detail in them, so I wasn't sitting there for 30, 45 minutes. It was three hours plus. So um, I'd probably say that. And then uh, the hand. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they all... They all they all, they all sting a little bit, but, I mean, it's all bearable in the end. If you weren't playing baseball, what sport would you have picked up? Either, well, I'm from Texas, so football so, yeah, big. I guess that's an obvious uh, But either, uh, I'd say basketball or football. I mean, basketball, I would say probably because, I mean, you get to, or shoot, sorry. <laughs> you get to go out and uh, you play in an arena. You don't have to worry about weather. You're wearing a tank top and basketball shorts. Um, and I'm guessing with Texas, with the weather it is, playing inside, it's a, it's a big deal? I mean, you don't have to worry about it? Well, yeah, we don't have to worry about it over there either. You just got to worry about the heat and make sure you're hydrated. So, um, I don't know, football, I was never fast enough. Or I think I played in high school, but I was never big enough. You know, I was 
150 pounds soaking wet. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I love football. I love, I love basketball. I love watching those two sports. Last one. Um, me and the guys that do the podcast, we like to collect bobbleheads, sign autographs, whatever. Is there anything you collect? Um, you know, it doesn't even necessarily be from sports, but just anything in general. Shoes. Shoes, I love Big sneakerhead, yeah. uh, Jordan? Uh, Jordans, the Yeezys, um, Nikes, anything like that. Uh, I've always been a fan of them growing up. Uh, a lot of them were overpriced, so now that I'm making my own money and paychecks <laughs> coming to me, I can go ahead and spend some money on some shoes. So, uh, yeah, shoes. I, I love to collect shoes. Anything that comes out, if I like them, I usually get them. So. Now, you don't have to say exactly the number, but ballpark it how much, or not how much, but how many pairs do you think you have? Oof. Um, I would say I'm about 20 plus, maybe. Yeah, I, I brought most of them with me. I shouldn't have done that. Um, I'm gonna have, They're on suitcase, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm gonna have. Yeah, I'm gonna have to send some back home. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd say about about 20 plus. Like a lot of Vans, I wear those just comfortable shoes. If I fill up in the morning, feel a little lazy, just throw some Vans on or whatnot. And most of the time, I'll I'll get dressed and look professional coming to the field. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that was my interview with Aaron Hernandez, last year's third-round pick for the Angels. Again, um, it's kind of cool to catch up with these guys that have gone through the process the day of kind of deal and see where their mind was you know, the day of. I always think that's a fascinating thing, especially um, you don't know when you're going to get drafted. You know, like In college, you get to pick what college you go to, so that's in your hands. When you're getting drafted, it's you can get picked, you know, third round, fourth round. You, like, you really honestly don't know. And I think that's the kind of stuff like that. It's kind gotta, of fascinating. It's got to be nerve-wracking. Yeah, like you said, it's fascinating to hear from, you know, the other side. You know, we're watching it. So we yeah. can only imagine what he's thinking of. You know, we see them on the phone talking to whoever they're talking to. Yeah. I'm guessing, you know, the other team. But it's, it's cool to kind of get little stories like that. Sitting there waiting for the call. So, yep. all right. So we got our emails coming in here. And you guys can always email us on the show at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast.com. At gmail.com. Our first email comes from Lamar Washington. He says, will the Angels ever get over 500? <laughs> we always get there and boom, l- losses. Ha <laughs> ha. Keep up the good work. What do you think about that? I mean, it's it, fun. We, just, we, we get there. Cause I think because the Angels are so streaky. They'll win like four in a row and get to like one game under, but then they'll lose three in a row and then yeah. they drop right back down. I was thinking about this today when the email came in. It, it reminds me of that one commercial I think it's for insurance. I don't know. With the yeah, old with man, this, yeah. old man yeah, on the fishing boat. Oh, got almost got it. And yeah. it's like someone's probably going to throw a meme out there. And that's going to be 500 and the Angels jumping up to get it. Yeah. You almost got it. Because the Angels I'm are. They get it. really close. They get really, really close. And then they get on a, like a three-game losing streak. And now you're putting yourself in a hole again. So um, I, I, do I think they'll get to 500 eventually? I think yes. they will. Yes. Do I think they're going to be like nine, ten games above 500 at any point? No. Yeah. But I can see them getting at 500, maybe one or two games past 500. No, but, you- but not – I just you want more to that. get there. Yeah, just so get bad. there. Get there. The journey. We were, we were one game, and then I was like, come on. Yeah. One more. Just beat the Cubs, and we'll be good. And yeah, they so did in, and then they lost again. See how the next week goes, but um, I think eventually they will get there. Yeah. I, I don't right. lose faith. I think they, they're good enough, especially with everyone coming back, like we've been saying, people coming back. So yeah. um, I think they'll get there. So our next one comes from Duncan Healy, Dead Horse Alaska. <laughs> it was subject curator yeah he said the curator is alive and well wow haha hey now that the kimbro and kaiko nonsense is nonsense can i i can live peacefully agreed a lot of a lot of not a lot but i i mean it was it was a it was a few but those few were strong let's put it that way i just you know you guys know my feeling you guys know daniel's feeling about this whole situation yeah yeah you're right duncan it's 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 yeah. cool. It's over now. Let's just see how what happens. Yeah. You know, Kimbrough's gonna be off the market for a little bit, signing a three-year deal. Yeah. Keiko signed a one-year deal, which is interesting. So now it's either put up or shut up. Because if he struggles the rest of this year, who see knows ya. what he's gonna be able to get next year? So see that's ya. gonna be something interesting to, as the season goes on. Jason Greenbaum says, "Hey there, guys. How you guys feel about the this year's draft class? How do you all, how do all of a sudden how do guys all of a sudden think they know what the Angels need? Funny how they got all mad not drafting pitching with the first picks." I kind of touched on it. Right. When you have your first pick, I think you go with the best possible I think player you do, available. Yeah, you do because you don't know how that's going to work. Because yeah. you need a pitcher now, but in right. five years, when some of these high school pitchers, yeah. especially, develop, you're not going to know who. No. You can have a diamond in the rough right now at Single A yeah. uh, Inland Empire that's going to blow up and be you know awesome, or maybe in in Double A or something like that. So yeah, I, 
Again, they go shortstop, shortstop with the first two rounds. But after that, they go pitcher, 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 14 pitcher. straight picks at pitcher. And I feel like pitcher is not absolutely somebody you draft with the first right. pick in your draft. And especially, Unless it's somebody can't miss Strasburg or can't miss like that, yeah exactly know? and then a lot of people were saying too this year was a very weak pitching class in general yeah not just you know top end but from top to bottom it was a very weak draft so obviously you don't want to stretch you pick the best thing available right there position wise and and you you can fill up those spots later like we said there's like 40 rounds in the in the MLB draft there there's plenty of opportunity. It's not the NBA draft where you get two picks. It's not the NFL draft where you get seven picks. You have plenty of time to, you know, if you feel like you need, you have a need at that pitching position, there's plenty of time to um, go and do it. So um, Angels picked, a, uh, like I said, 14 straight pitchers after those first two rounds. And I think two of those pitchers are, are quote-unquote, two-way players. So we'll see how that works out. There okay. seems, seems to be cornering the market on two-way Otani, pitching. Walsh, yeah. Power. Yeah, so now and then two more, I think I read, are now in the system or should be in the system depending if they sign. And remember, too, guys, just because they get drafted doesn't mean they're going to get signed. So um, let's see how many you know sign and, and report to Arizona, uh, Arizona Rookie League in a couple weeks. So that's something definitely interesting to keep an eye out for. The next email comes from Trevor Billings, and he says, Guys, why were people thinking that guys like Keiko and Kimbrough were going to help this team to the promised land? I follow Angel Central, and they were hell-bent on this. What are, what are your thoughts on the whole, like... I yeah, mean, I know we've, we're beating this like a dead horse. Uh, I see what you did there. Um, but it's something, I mean, we got taught people. There was a like, few people who really thought that the Angels needed to get a guy like Kimbrough or, or, or Keiko. Yeah, the Angels weren't close enough, I think. And the teams that got those two guys, so the Braves and the um, Cubs, those guys are those teams are competitive. Those teams are, as of right now, the first you know first in their division. If, if the playoff starts today, they're in. Um, you know, so they need that help. Angels needed more than just a pitcher and a reliever. Yeah, it would have been great to have an extra set of arms, I guess. But um, I don't think we're going to make a difference. Yeah, I don't think. And, and if you look at um, Kimbrel's. Uh, stats at the end of the the second half of last season, they weren't good at all. When you think Red Sox 2018 World Series, you know, reliever coming out of the bullpen, you're going to think of Evaldi. You're not right. going to think of, you know, in, in, in 10 years, you're going to think Evaldi. You're not even going to probably realize that, that um, Kimbrell was even on that team. Right. No, and, and what? We talked about it. What was Kai going to do? Win us eight games? Right. And now it's going to be interesting to see now if he comes out and only wins four because he's going to be struggling because it seems like they're going to rush him back, which I think is kind of sketchy. But we'll they'll see. Um, we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, I, I have no problem at all with just passing on that and letting um, the Braves and the, and the Cubs, you know, fight out and fight out the other teams to sign those guys because those guys are a lot. Those teams are a lot closer than what the Angels are easily. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, that. Wraps it up for the emails this week. Um, again, before we before we take off, we're at Inland Empire right now as we're recording. Justin Upton Rehab Star. We'll try to get some sound for that and hopefully post it for the next podcast. And if you guys have any emails for next week, hit us up at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Halo underscore Haven on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, like you said, the Upton thing is going to happen today. Look for a video of the Upton interview more than likely I'm going to post a video of our interview with Aaron Hernandez if you follow us on Instagram you probably already saw a little sneak peek of it so I'm going to post the whole interview on our Instagram TV page so make sure you give us a follow give us a like um, and also help us out get this podcast word out um, rate, review um, subscribe tell a buddy um, by rating and reviewing you help others find us that are looking for angels type of podcast and and audio so um help us out spread the word thanks for everyone that's been listening but yeah definitely check us out next week we'll be back oh well this is johnny mags i'm down garcia and you've listened to another edition of the all angels podcast
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.